Hey, you're listening to the Seven Hills Church Podcast. If you want to learn more about the church, including upcoming service times in both our Cincinnati, Ohio, and Florence, Kentucky locations, visit us online at sevenhillschurch.tv. We hope this message helps you win the day. Genesis chapter two, verse seven. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. I want to again talk to you about a holy church with dirty hands. NASA has a telescope called the James Webb's Miri image, and it offers a kaleidoscope of colors that have never been seen before. This amazing technology that they discovered has found clusters of galaxies and stars that they never even knew existed. One of the things that's so amazing about this telescope is that it highlights dust. It can see where dust is. And what they've determined is that the major ingredient for star and galaxy formation is dust. And they went on to say, and I'm quoting, that all life itself, they believe, all of it, came from dust. Sounds a lot like Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, doesn't it? That the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into him the breath of life. You see, when God saw dirt, he saw life. When God saw dirt and dust, he said, I see potential. If there's no dirt, if there's no dust, then there's no life and there's no potential. And so the Bible says, God, in the beginning, he takes dirt and he creates man from the dust of the earth. This means that all of us in this room have this one thing at a minimum in common. We all have this. It doesn't matter what your education is. It doesn't matter what your economic status is. It doesn't matter if you're tall or if you're short, if you're thin, if you're not. It doesn't matter what ethnicity you are, what what cultural background you come from. We all have this one thing in common. We come from dirt. Every one of us came from that. When God made us, he didn't go looking for a heavenly ingredient. God didn't go looking for loyal pedigree. When God made us, he made us out of what we were, what we brought to him, which was undignified, which was uh, lost, which was not of much value. But yet we brought him what was our dirt. And by God's grace, he breathed into us the breath of life. And we were raised up out of that place to become the sons and daughters of God. Genesis chapter three and verse 19 says, from dust you came and to dust you shall return. You may think that you have nothing in common with the dirty of our world. When you look out at this world and you think about the wickedness and the evil and the filthiness, and it's so easy to say, oh, I would never be, and I can't imagine, and look how horrific this world is becoming. But let's not forget that we have this one thing in common with even the worst of the worst. We all come from dirt. That's all we are. And I know I'm offending somebody right now, but take a minute and consider how much we do to take care of our dirt. We spend a lot of money on our dirt, don't we? We massage it. We pamper it. We cologne it. We wash our dirt. We put makeup on our dirt. We spend billions of dollars to make our dirt less dirty. We have surgeries on our dirt, dirt lifts, dirt suctions, dirt tucks, dirt expansions. We have dirt manicures, dirt pedicures, dirt exfoliating and facials. We buy those clothes. We put filters on our phones even to make other people's dirt 
look worse than our dirt. We want other people to know my dirt isn't as bad as your dirt. And so it's a negative thing when we think of dirt. You know, that person has a dirty mouth or that person's cheap as dirt. But we don't understand God does not see dirt like we do. God looks at dirt and he doesn't see the things we see. And when I think about my life, I know that there's nothing special. I know that outside of his breath, I know outside of his grace, I would be nothing. But yet God looked down and saw what no one else could see. He saw potential in the dirty life I had become. And I'm encouraged by that. I'm encouraged because I know that though God is holy and though God is mighty, the Bible says that the angels surround the throne of God and they cry out constantly, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The holy, holy, holy is a triple emphasis, which in the Hebrew grammar, it simply speaks to the idea that they never stop saying that phrase, holy. When they look at God, the only word that can come through their lips is holy. He's mighty. He's awesome. He's great. Yet that kind of a God is not afraid to get down and get involved with the dirty. He's awesome, but he gets involved with the awful. He's magnificent, but he works with the mundane. He's incredible, but he's not afraid of the insignificant. He's not afraid to get his hands dirty. He's not afraid to get involved with the family that's in a mess. He's not afraid of the past that you come from. He's not afraid to love someone who's been through a divorce or struggling in some area of brokenness. He's just not afraid of our dirt. And the greater your hurt usually means the greater your dirt. And so when God sees the dirt, he knows normally it's because somewhere along the way you got hurt. And God says, I'm going to be drawn to that dirt because I know I can heal that hurt in their life and I can raise them up out of that dirty situation and use them for my glory. The message of Christmas every year sends this idea around the world that God of heaven became dirt like us so we could become holy like him. That God said, I'll put myself in dirt. I'll fill that dirt with my spirit and with my life and I'll become like them so they can become like me. And I don't even have to preach to you about it because I know I was dirty. I know I was filthy. I know I was unclean. I know I was undone and any goodness I had was like a filthy rag as Isaiah says. But God said, I see the dirt and I'm going to breathe life into that dirt and I don't care where you've been because I know where I can take you. And I have one prayer today that I'm going to pray over this church. And it's real simple. God, keep us dirty. Don't ever let this church become a gathering for the spiritually arrogant. Don't ever let us get so high and mighty and self-righteous and judgmental. May this church never be the kind of place that looks down on others and says, because of their dirt, they're insignificant or unworthy. But instead, let's make a decision. That's not who we're going to be. Leave that to another place. That's not what we're about. Instead, let's be the kind of place that says, God, by your grace, we know that so would go us. I would be the alcoholic. I would be the drug addict. I would be the one 
someone estranged from my family. Maybe they would talk to me on the phone every now and then from a distance. But 31 years ago, I found my way to an old fashioned altar, looked up as I heard a message on Jesus being stretched wide on a cross and dying for my sins. And when I looked into those piercing eyes and my heart began to melt and I knew at that moment, though I was dirt, I had a chance at mercy and grace and a new beginning. And my life has never been the same. And you need to know God will use you the same way because God puts his hand on dirt. He shapes it. He molds it. He breathes into it. And if it was useless before he got a hold of it, after he breathes his breath, he says, I have a future and I'll use you and I'll make you a trophy of grace. Say with me, God, keep this church dirty. Keep us dirty. You might say, I don't want to have anything to do with the dirty. Be careful. Watch it. You are dirt too. And the more dirt you see in someone else, it just means the more grace God's got to pour out on that person. And I think we need to be comfortable with the dirty. I think a healthy church looks something like this. Somebody would say, well, a, well, a, a good church means that there's no hypocrites and, and everybody reads their Bible every day. And everybody prays every day. And if you really pastor the church, well, that's what it would look like. But I would say a, a healthy church looks like one third of the church would be that pray, read their Bible fast, understand the things of God, committed to the things of God. They give, they give sacrifice. Their, their, their life is dedicated to God. Another third would be baby Christians trying to figure it out, still up and down every now and then, you know, have fluctuations kind of on the milk of things, but they're learning, they're growing trials, struggles hit their life. They're learning how to endure some of the things that we go through. They're learning how to trust the scriptures instead of the culture, instead of the opinions of man, how to tr live their life for an audience of one. Some days they get it. Some days they don't. Maybe they're sporadic in attendance. Maybe they're sporadic in their commitments, but they're, they're around, they're here, they're present, just little babies. And then there's another third over here. that still smell like the club that they were at last night. Alcohol still on their breath, smell like weed. Come on. Just all kinds of messes going on, living with their boyfriend, living with their girl, friend, uh, living wrong, living a crazy life, but they found a way to church. They keep on coming. And we're like, why, why are they here? That's because say people are doing their job. And when say people do their job, we might be a holy church, but we got dirty hands. We just simply do what God does. We reach out and we touch the dirty. The thing about touching dirt, though, is if you've ever touched it, you know, it touches you back. So people get so holy and churchy, you get offended at the dirty when it gets close to us. Let's remember God's attracted to the dirt. Psalms 103 and verse 14 says he knows our frame and he remembers that we are but dust. He knows our frame. He knows what you're made out of. He remembers your butt dust. Even when you give your heart to Jesus, you're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes. Don't beat yourself up. He knew before he chose you, you're just dirt, but he was attracted to you. He was drawn to that dirt. He gave you more and more grace and the grace is still coming and it's renewed every single day. It's continuing to be poured out. There's an inexhaustible source of it that lifts us and give us power and strength to rise above our carnal, sinful, fallen nature and push into all that God has for us. So what I'm here to just say is, is if you're here and you fall into the bottom third, or maybe you fall into the other third and you're saying, man, 
I just can't get rid of this stubborn habit. Keep coming. You say, but my family's falling apart. It's a wreck. Everybody's mad and at each other's throat. Keep coming. Keep coming no matter what the dirt looks like, no matter what the pain is, no matter what the disgrace or humiliation is, just keep coming because God loves dirt. God can use your dirt and the holy does its best work with the dirty. In Numbers chapter five, strange Old Testament law called the law of jealousy. What would happen is if a person committed a sin and denied it, they would bring the person before the high priest in the temple and they would take that person and say, did you do it? The person would respond yes or no. If the person said no, and it would imply that there's the potential that the person isn't repentant uh, of their sin. So this is not a greasy grace message in any way, shape or form. Uh, They're confronting the sin. But if the person said no, then the high priest would take a, a, a clay vessel He would pour holy water in the vessel and then he would do something really unusual. He would go gather the dirt and the dust off of the temple floor and he would sprinkle it in the the holy water and then he would mix it together and he would have the person that is unrepentant drink it, drink it and their belly would begin to swell. And really, I know this is strange, but it's just simply a type of the consequence of unrepentant sin and that, that what happens in church is we think it's just about being holy. But what you see here is God didn't just need the holy in the temple. He also needed the dirty and he needed it to mix together so he could help change a person's direction, get them from walking away from God and living in sin and give them just enough. Every now and then you just have to let God just go ahead and put just enough pain on you to say, okay, I'm done doing it my way. God, I want to do it your way. In John chapter eight, the woman caught in adultery, Jesus sees her as she's thrown at his feet and he just kneels down. He gets on her level and the holy begins to touch the dirty as he says, go and sin no more. Blind Bartimaeus is sitting by the road begging. Jesus passes by and he cries out, have mercy on me. But there was this religious bunch of people that told him to shut up. You're unimportant. You're blind. You're a beggar. You're dirty. You see, the religious crowd just couldn't, couldn't imagine Jesus who was holy mixing with the dirty, but he cried out even louder. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And what happened? Jesus said, bring him to me. And that man got his miracle because though Jesus is holy, he's never been afraid to get his hands dirty. John chapter nine, he reached down and grabbed some dirt and he did something weird. He spit in it. If I spit, it's spit. But if Jesus spits, it's holy water. And they mix it together. He takes that spit, that holy DNA and that mud. They put it on the man's eyes. He goes and washes the pool of Siloam and receives his sight. And he gets a miracle. Listen, the church has missed this too often. We miss that the holy does its best work with the dirty. And what I'm saying is this. Some of us, all we really have to bring God is just our dirty lives. But God does his best work. He's a God of dirt. 
He really is. He can take that dirty situation. He can turn. I don't know which category you fall into because I know that this message is maybe you're holy. You're a mature Christian. You've been doing this for a while. You love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You're obedient. Your heart is soft. Your heart is sensitive and you get it. You understand it. And that's amazing. But the message to you is those women in that prison, they need us. Our young people, the next generation needs us. And our job is to never get so holy. We just think it's about what happens in here. This is the launching pad. This is where we start. This is where we bring our dirt and say, God, breathe on us and use us and make us holy. Like you're holy. Keep us holy but let our hands stay dirty. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to hit the subscribe button. And if you want to experience daily content, messages, and inspiration, go ahead and sign up for Daily Bread with PM by visiting sevenhillschurch.tv slash dbpm. Thanks for listening to the Seven Hills Church Podcast.